Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. How do you guys feel today? Let me tell you, feels is a better way to be. Our premium CBD will keep your head clear and help you feel your best. It reduces anxiety. It reduces pain. It reduces sleeplessness. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness. Places a few drops under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. Are you new to CBD? Well, feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide you through the experience. Me personally, had a couple of restless nights during this whole pandemic, wasn't sleeping great, did a couple of feels uh, the next day, boom, out like a light that night. You know, get a little joint pain, I'm getting up there in age, a little feel CBD under the tongue, boom, joint pain gone, greatly reduced. It's so easy to use, it's so good for you, it's just the better way to do your life right now. It will naturally help you feel better, and there's no high, there's no hangover, there's no addiction. You can join the Feels community, get the Feels delivered to your door every single month. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. Become a member and get 50% off your first order. 50% off. It has me feeling my very best every day, and it helps you too. 50% off your first order with free shipping by going to feels.com slash ding. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash ding become a member 50% off taken automatically off your first order with the free shipping that's feels.com slash ding what's the movie with Shailene Rose or whatever Shailene Woodley Woodley, whatever her name is suck ass divergent all the way out I've never seen seen that Uh, don't watch any of them because they're all the same thing Uh, uh, with uh, Twilight all of these young adults yeah, <laughs> only first of all, all the dystopian young adult novels. But any of these young adult novels converted into into film are just trash. I like the concept of Hunger Games though, and I like Jennifer Lawrence, even though the whole world 
turned on her. Oh, I'm I'm in on Jen Lawrence. You kidding me? Is Absolutely. See Red Sparrow, Zach? No. But I, oh wait, did I? Did I see Red Sparrow? Just just because you enjoyed the fat happening does not mean you get to call her Jen. Uh, I call her whatever I want when I'm fapping. <laughs> Speaking of the fapping, Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Wait, is Red Sparrow the one with the? Uh, I know it's a. I know like it's a. I know it's a Russian spy, right? Spy but, I, I, but wasn't there another Russian spy movie recently? Well, uh, Black Widow, Black Widow is going to be. No, was Jen Lawrence in? The one I saw, I thought I saw a Russian spy movie like in 2019 in the theater. It's probably that was Red Sparrow. Sparrow, I think. Was it? I don't think that's right. I don't remember her in it. Maybe it was her. What was? No, Anna. Anna. Anna's the one it, I saw. Wasn't Katniss Van Deem like the the chick that? Uh, you think of Cat? Uh, oh, what's up? Are you thinking of Cat Dennings? No, no, no. Katniss Van Dien was the, the chick that cheated with Jesse James on, uh, what's her name? Sandra Bullock, right? Uh, Kat Von D. Oh, Kat Von D. All right. <laughs> These names can't be real, can they? No, Anna. Anna was the movie. Anna. It's a, where she's a Russian spy. Yeah. Or Anna or whatever. A-N-N-A. Not, with the, not Hannah, though. No, not Hannah. It came out not last year. Anna. Not Manna. Man animals. <laughs> That's what I saw. That was pretty decent. I didn't see Red Sparrow. Oh, we got a, a real problem with this country, huh? We got an infatuation with hot chicks as Russian spies. <laughs> you know what's close to being eligible for for cinephobe? Twilight. Twilight. Oh, oh no. no, that would be that would be I, really. I, I refuse. I quit the a... show. Oh, I legit quit the show. Your personal attack. <laughs> oh, oh! There is one of the Twilights is is eligible. You think that's going to discourage him? I mean, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, I I'll, you can't quit before the train ride. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm gonna fucking. You're locked you in until we take this ride. goddamn train. <laughs> You're a hostage. Your picks have been horrible, man. It's the point. It's the point of the show, isn't, isn't it? Isn't it? It's possible. I don't understand what this podcast is about. Poppycock. It's a fuckhouse. On a weekly basis, we are consuming more concentrated bad movies than probably anybody in the history of mankind. Poppycock. What story? (laughs) What story? (laughs) What are you talking about? Do you want lunch? I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. (laughs) Just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit unbelievable, unremarkable shit. I was legitimately offended. You were offended? I was, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean. Inconsequential detail after inconsequential yeah. detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking yeah. all okay. along. Okay. 
the Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amino Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. This week on Cinephobe, we watched the 2020 action flick Spencer Confidential starring Mark Wahlberg. Say hi to your mother for me. Who's <laughs> coming off of Mile 22 and Instant Family in 2018. He didn't have a movie in 2019. That can't be right. What's Instant Family? Instant Family is, I think he like... I don't know, orders a family or something. Is that like Uber? Like Uber Eats? It's him and Rose Byrne, and they adopt. So it's Problem Child 2018. Is it eligible? 81%. What? What? That premise for a movie cannot have an 81% score. I'm sorry. So he's coming off of Mile 22 and Instant Family. Coming up, he has uh, Good Joe Bell, Infinite, and Scoob. Those are all coming out this year. We also get Winston Duke. Winston Duke, who is uh, in Us. He's in Black Panther. He's in a bunch of the Avenger movies. You said a bunch of the Avenger movies. I think he was in one Avenger movie, right? Oh, he's in Endgame and Infinity War. The last two. The last three. Because they have have big wars. Yeah, I forgot. Okay. (laughs) We also get Alan Arkin, who's best known for Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and of course, Little Miss Sunshine. He's also best known for being the dad of some dude who's in like all these Chicago PD shows. Because someone said, "Oh, uh, Adam Arkin." I'm like, "Who the fuck is Adam Arkin?" Adam oh, Arkin, that's that dude. Yeah, yeah, that's his son. I didn't know that until I. Damn, he's 63. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's wild to me. Comedian Eliza Schlesinger is in this. She was also in Instant Family, by the way. It's on the Wahlberg train. Mm, maybe there's a little. You know who used to claim to be a former best friend of Eliza Schlesinger? Uh, oh, the, the subject of season one of podcast? Correct. <laughs> because Sus, man. You know, it, here's the best part, man. And when he told me that, I was like, I want to meet him. And like, yeah. yeah, we'll make it. I'm like, I, I, I said the him. same thing. Hey, Yep, ASAP. I said the same thing. I think we were in a race at the time for me. Yeah. I don't know. Were you racing the same thing I was racing for? I, I 100% was. <laughs> She's got a really funny stand-up. Yeah, sure. That too. <laughs> we also get comedian Mark Marin in this and Post Malone. Oh. Whoa, that was Mark Maron? Yeah, it's Mark Maron, the reporter. I put, who is this dude that looks like Rafi from the league? <laughs> <laughs> we also get Bokeem Woodbine, who I always yes. think, well, I bet they wish they could have gotten Dave Chappelle for this. No, oh, I love oh, Bokeem oh. Woodbine. I love Bokeem Woodbine too. Why would you slander him like that? Because yeah, he's like, cause he looks a look lot like. like Dave Chappelle. Well, maybe now Jack Dave Chappelle could throw a punch, but right. I like his physicality. Sure. Sure. All right. Just throughout this movie, I was thinking, I bet they wish they could have gotten Dave Chappelle for this. Well, you know, Bokeem Woodbine was on uh, Jamel Hill's podcast, and it was oh. really interesting to hear about like what happened in his career and stuff. He was in The Sopranos back in the day. He was in a was lot he? of stuff, man. That dude worked a lot. He was amazing in Fargo 3. That was an incredible performance. And he's just been around for a long time. I think he and Mark Wahlberg actually debuted in the same film. They didn't debut, but they, they but definitely were in like criminals or like heist criminals or whatever. Was he part of the Funky thing. Bunch? Not fun- no, no. It was a, no. He's a, they, the no, they're, they're in the big hit. The big hit. There you go. The yeah. big hit. They were they, yeah. And, and it was it was kind of like the buddy cop, but they weren't cops. They were hitmen. They had the very funny camaraderie going. And so then the the scene where. Bokeem Woodbine appears in this movie. I was like, oh, we're going to get it again. Like, I got, <laughs> I got really excited for a second. Would you call them buddy hitmen? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, this doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah. 
Young as well, right? Spencer Confidential is directed by Peter Berg. You know who Peter Berg is? Yeah. No, do you know who he is? Not like, oh yeah, he directed this and he wrote that. No, do you know who Peter Berg is? There's only oh, one so correct answer you can give here. Well, yeah, great white hype. Irish Terry Conklin. Yes. I don't care what he does the rest of his life. He can win 17 Oscars for directing, which he won't for this one. He will always he yeah. will always be Irish Terry Conklin to me. Yeah, absolutely. He's also directed several movies, Very Bad Things, Friday Night Lights, Hancock, Battleship, which I will ride for forever. I think Battleship is good. I like Hancock, too. Hancock's yeah, good. Hancock's good, too. Deepwater Horizon, uh, which is another movie he did with Mark Wahlberg. That one's not so good. And Mile 22, which he did with uh, Wahlberg. Battleship, Future Cinephobe, and don't forget the Ballers pilot, Zach. Oh, that's right. The Ballers pilot. What's the end game, Spence? He's responsible for Ballers. And he's the coach of the Miami Dolphins. Yes, he was. Yeah, and he was. Irish, yeah. And he's Irish Terry Conklin. And Andy's Irish Terry Conklin, exactly. This was written by Brian Hegeland, probably not saying that right, who is writing credits on Assassins, LA Confidential, The Postman, A Knight's Tale, Mystic River, Man on Fire, The New Taking of Pelham 123, and 42. And Payback with Mel Gibson. Very up and down resume, right? Well, like, maybe this is where it gets balanced out of me. Yep, this is... <laughs> it was also written by a man named Sean O'Keefe, who had previously written two video games. And that's it. And he was an assistant on I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yes. <laughs> that was his first job. Shout out to Freddie. <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. Ask him if he knows if Sean O'Keefe's any good. <laughs> hey, let me tell you this. He asked me if someone else was pretty good, and I had to say no. <laughs> and that's the second mention of the sus man in one podcast. <laughs> Oh, yeah. What was it? Prince and the Wolf? Is that their podcast? That's still the podcast. It's still, still a podcast? Podcast? It was. Yep. I mean, anytime I listened to it, it was excellent. Yeah. Synopsis for Spencer Confidential is, when two Boston police officers are murdered, ex-cop Spencer teams up with his no-nonsense roommate, Hawk, to take down criminals. Pretty straightforward. Tagline. There's only one tagline this time. The law has limits. They don't. See, like, that's so inaccurate. Like, right. <laughs> I like that's what I didn't like about this movie. It pitched itself as something, and it was something completely not that. I saw the trailer like a week ago. Yo, I'm in for this movie. Like the trailer sold me. Should have just watched the trailer. <laughs> for real. By the way, why um, is his name spelled Spencer with an S? Have you ever? Seen I don't it know. It's like so really hilarious. frustrating. <laughs> it reminds me of Justice Winslow. It's really frustrating. But, like, I could see Justice Winslow because that's someone's actual name. And, like, maybe his parents wanted to do it this different, whatever. But if you're making a movie. Well, this is IP. I mean, it's based on a novel by Ace Atkins and the character created by Robert oh. B. Parker. So Spencer, with an S, has been around for a long time. IP on that explanation. All right. No estimated budget. I couldn't find a budget number for this movie. And it's not gross or anything because it's just Netflix. Before we jump into the rest of this movie, Spencer Confidential is found on Netflix. So, when it was first pitched... Does this Netflix... By the way, question. Does Netflix make good movies? I just want to ask this question. Right does Netflix make good anything? What are show, uh, the wait, shows? Wait, some are of good, the shows right? have been good, right? What is your What is your favorite Netflix show? Nailed it. Ooh. Either I love Nailed It. Bojack, for me. Okay. Oh, Bojack. Bojack yeah, was Bojack. my favorite. So I feel like they've got good animated because I love Big Mouth. Yeah, Big Mouth is amazing. And people love Bojack. I feel like they've kind of owned this reality 
And then also competition game show type market. Love is Blind is a banger, man. Oh, my God. Not, I have no no desire to even give that a chance. No, you, I mean, you got to. No. No, 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 no. I'm good. I'll tell you what other shows. Uh, the ha- the Haunting on, of the House on Haunt Hill. Whatever. That was pretty good. Haunting of Hill House. There you go. <laughs> so I remember it had a lot of H's in it. Black Mirror. Although Black Mirror technically isn't there, yeah, but they bought it and they started making it. It hasn't been as good. As good, but they're still good. But there's more. They do like six a year instead of three. Right. So Marriage and, Story. And I like them. Netflix, right? Marriage Story was a good movie. Roma was the best one. I only saw the second oh. half of, of Marriage Story, but I enjoyed the second half. <laughs> what was happening in the first half? I got. I showed up at Aaron's place when she was halfway oh. through the movie. Oh. oh, okay. I said, what's happened? And she told me, and they, I hadn't missed much. I, th- I thought there was like a story that happened. No, no, I just showed up. When she was in the middle of the movie. <laughs> well, that came to a screeching halt. So Roma was it's Netflix. Yes I, thought, I thought Netflix. I thought Netflix. That one was Quaron for Netflix. And that was their first big Oscar swing. And that movie's great. Right. Is not good. Yeah. No, the, the number of bad movies they have. They're volume shooters. Which, which to be fair, isn't that the same as every studio? Every studio has like 800 bad movies. And then they have their three really good movies of the year. Unless you're A24 or Blumhouse, and then you're just crushing it every time. They're not the studio, though, right? They're a production company. I'm talking about, like, Warner, like, Disney. If we knew what each studio was cranking out, it wouldn't be that impressive either. Yeah, okay. My fault, Netflix. When Spencer Confidential got proposed by Maze, it was 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, technically, not eligible, right? We try to do 40 and under. But by the time I went to do my prep for this episode... It was down to 40%. We did it. It made it. By the time this thing posts, it might be lower than that because I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm I just refreshed. It is 39% on 61 there reviews. It is. There it is. Let him go. Spencer, always for hire. Um, Spencer for hire. Yeah, that's what this is based on. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Yes. Yeah, it's IP. No. Yes. No. Yes. Spencer for hire was spelled with an S? Yes. <laughs> it's a Berenstein Berenstein situation. Once again. Oh, man. I still don't understand that. I never will, Zach. I never yeah. will. 61, re- 61 reviews. <laughs> 61 By the way, the spelling is really indicative, right? Because it made, like one makes it sound like, oh, it's a nice, you know. And the other makes it seem like, oh, some, some fellas with some interesting haircuts made this. <laughs> 39% on 61 reviews from the critics. 59% on 643 ratings from the audience. I mean, you want the positive or the negative? Give me the positive. You know I'm a glass half full kind of guy. Out of the main edge. It's a throwback movie, one reminiscent of the Reagan-era action thrillers from which it draws its inspiration. Spencer Confidential isn't good, but it is a good time. Yeah, that's that's not right. That's not accurate at all. Mm-hmm. Vincent Schilling of Indian Country Today. Mark Wahlberg what? was sincere. <laughs> oh, wait, what? <laughs> Vincent Schilling of Indian Country Today. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg was sincerely funny, but sometimes this movie went so far into satire, it lost its believability. Alan Arkin and Eliza Schlesinger were hilarious, and Winston Duke as Hawk was fantastic. There was satire? 
Man, it's possible I don't know what satire means. Because I did not <laughs> pick up on any satire in this movie. Maybe satire means something different in Indian country. That's possible. I have to subscribe to Indian Country Today to find out. John Serba of Decider. You need to know that when I say in, it is literally apostrophe and apostrophe. So it moves along quick and stupid and obnoxious and slightly self-aware and manly and a bit sexist and also much more reasonable than a Michael Bay movie. Why would you throw Michael Bay into this? Why you got to take a shit on Michael Bay? Pete Berg wrote that. He probably did. <laughs> and then uh, last positive review, Josh Wilding of comicbookmovie.com. Fucking nerd. A fun, <laughs> if, <laughs> a fun if somewhat forgettable ride. Mark Wahlberg and Winston Duke steal the show in Spencer Confidential. And we definitely Wait. would say no to getting to watch this duo solve more mysteries in the not too distant future. If you say that the star of the movie, the two dudes who are on the poster of the movie, stole the show, I don't think I should have to pay attention to anything you have to say about any movie. Ever. Also, also spelled Spencer wrong. Well, I guess correctly, but wrong in the Spencer. sense of this movie. All right. All right. The negative reviews. Brad Newsom of the Sydney Morning Herald. You don't need to remember the 80s privatized series Spencer for Hire to enjoy this witless, charmless Mark Wahlberg Netflix movie. All you need is a general lack of discernment. He's right, because I didn't remember that. <laughs> At least I didn't remember it enough to know that this is the same thing. Ignatly Vishnevetsky of AV Club. An ending that these... <laughs> Stop laughing. That sounds like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these names are just amazing. <laughs> are you sure that right. dude wasn't in honor? <laughs> An ending that teases the possibility of sequels with Wahlberg Spencer tackling more cases of police officers and emergency personnel who have been falsely accused of crime should elicit nothing but groans. It did. Wow. Was that guy in my house? <laughs> Jonah Kozlowski of The Spool. Again, Red Sparrow. Never comes close to justifying its own existence outside of an ego-stroking exercise for Berg and Wahlberg. Again? There was a dude at my yeah. house? Robert Levin of Newsday. There are many things to like about Mark Wahlberg as an actor, but he's not very good when his characters have to put their thinking cap on. There are many things to like about Mark Wahlberg as an actor? I don't know. I mean, you know, he's he's got muscles. He was in Boogie Nights. That's the thing about him. All the movies that he's in that I like, it's not because of him. Right. <laughs> he's in good movies sometimes. Right. Ouch. Dildra Malumbi of Entertainment.ie. The action for <laughs> Where is that I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's an Internet Explorer extension. Like, I couldn't tell. Does Internet Explorer still exist, by the way? Do people still use that? Yeah, people, wow. still, use, people still use AOL. No, to connect? Yeah. The action choreography is crap. The sense of mystery is crap. The script is crap. And generally, the quality is so poor that you dread of what to expect next from Netflix original movies. Wow. We need to have a talk with that guy. If you right. can see the light like I did. <laughs> Three more. Rohan Nahar of Hindustan Times. It's... <laughs> it's These are real people. <laughs> it's perfectly suited for viewing on domestic flights and in hospital waiting rooms. In both scenarios, providing just enough distraction to prevent you from wondering if you contracted the coronavirus or not. <laughs> Top of oh, Someone's going to read that review and not know what he's talking about. <laughs> Blake Howard of Dark Horizon. Spencer Confidential is the movie equivalent of The Corpse and Weekend at Bernie's. It is aggressively bad on almost every conceivable front. Don't you dare fucking talk about Weekend at Bernie's that way. What about Weekend at Bernie's 2? 
Oh, I love that one too. Is that eligible? I'll one. put that movie on right now. I'm gonna guess it's very eligible. I'm gonna guess it's very eligible. Ten <laughs> percent future cinema. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How about that? The first one's fifty-four percent. Real drop off there. All right, and then last one. <laughs> Sean Burns of New England Movies Weekly. The kind of Boston movie you'd expect from a couple of Lakers fans. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Amin, what's your first note? First note is the afternoon of March 20th. That's today. Wow. <laughs> That's why I was so hell bent. We got to record it today, guys. Oh, that's why. Well, this is yesterday. Yesterday, I was pushing for us to record because yesterday was March 20th. When Today's March 21st when we're recording this. But, like, imagine, like, settling into a movie and said, do you want to talk about what happened on the afternoon of March 20th? And I looked at my watch and I looked at the date. <laughs> I was like, today's right now. It's the afternoon of March 20th. This is amazing. I thought that was going to be an omen for good things. Of watching this movie. We're getting wintry sweeping shots of Boston. A recording of a court proceeding in which Marky Mark has given his testimony of what happened when he went to the house of his commanding officer on March 20th. He's questioning his captain about an investigation. There's broken glass. There's the captain's wife is bloody. Marky Mark throws the captain outside and starts beating the shit out of him. Mark is pleading guilty to all the charges, but added the son of a bitch deserved, deserved it. it, which is a great. I thought that again, I thought. Uh, this is gearing up for a very 80s action movie because that was a very 80s action movie catchphrase. was, yeah. Now we're fast forward five years later and Mark is in all caps prison. I he love just how that throws prison up there. By the way, they throw it up there after aerial shots of what can only be a prison. It was a 2% chance that was a mental institution. That's it. Yes, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they, they put it up there, and, I'm, and I said, prison, and they, I said, usually they tell you which prison. They could have said, what is it, Walpole or whatever. They kept mentioning it. Why didn't they just call it Walpole prison right there? Why would they just say prison? As if we didn't know it. He's in the library in the prison, and Post Malone works there. He's looking up a cactus in a book. It's a Seguro cactus. Saguaro. Never. That lives for 150 years, and if you cut one down in Arizona, you can serve a year in prison. I mean, is that true? That is absolutely true. Saguaros are like protected, and they're huge. They're usually like big, massive things. Pretty cool hotel named the Saguaro. Post Malone's character's name is Squeeb, and he's asking how many cops do their time. And Jen Pop says that uh, Spencer is quite popular in there, and wants to know what he'll do when he gets out. That's all while a big dude, uh, a couple of big dudes are stalking the two and, and they're being surrounded. He says that uh, he's going to get a ribeye at Fenway. I don't know if I want to buy ribeye from an establishment that has pea troughs. That's a great point. If you have pea troughs, you should not buy any kind of like fancy meat, right? Just, just hot, yeah, hot dogs. Just keep it, keep it simple. I like this exchange when one of the one of the other guys comes and sits down where he says, what's up, bookworm? And he says, not much. How's the Aryan nation treating everybody? Is State of the Union still strong? I actually like that. I thought it was funny. There were a couple of lines he had that were like, okay, that's chuckle-worthy. Squeeb says, get the fuck out of Boston when he's out of prison. People keep telling him that. <laughs> they, they want to send a message. And then Spencer starts fucking this dude up. Fuck him up, Spencer! Yeah, the the music guy. kicks in. The music kicks in. And I wrote, Mark Wahlberg definitely picked the soundtrack. And as the movie progresses, that fact is like reiterated again and again. If you are basically about five to seven years older than me and white and grew up somewhere in the Northeast, 
you will love this soundtrack. I mean, is, well, this song is a banger. It is a banger. I never knew about it until the video game Rock Band. Yeah. So that's the first time I knew of the song. So I've known about it ever since. But I mean, this is a Bill Simmons ass soundtrack. Exactly. What I say? Did I not just- <laughs> the band is named Boston. And then we've got a Fenway Park reference. By the way, we're in Boston, everyone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Spo- <laughs> spoiler alert. Let me let me just give you this note now. This movie is an ode to Boston with no point. Like everything about it is Boston, Boston, Boston. The music in Boston, and the and like they go to a bar and they're saying "Sweet Caroline" in the Boston yeah. bar, and he's banging the girl, and she says "Go socks," and it's like this is what I imagine like people in Boston high fiving to the whole time. It's a less Boston movie than The Town. Maybe it's a douchier movie than the town the town i feel like is a movie for bostonians whereas this movie is like a tourism commercial yeah maybe, yeah maybe that's the way to go so they want to send a message spencer starts fucking this dude up the other guy starts kicking him he said Did you just kick me bro and then he fucks him up uh the guards break it up but we found out that squeeb shanked him a little bit he stabbed him and it, it didn't seem to bother mark Wahlberg. yeah not only did it not bother him at the time which i get sometimes adrenaline you don't feel things but <laughs> sure. usually when you pull it out but then he dropped it and he walked off and he walks up walks back to his cell did you just kick me bro (laughs) feds is getting out the guards don't love him he's wearing a suit alan arkin's picking him up i just realized at this moment in the movie i get alan arkin and alan alda confused often i literally did that i was thinking it was alan alda in my notes because i almost Uh, didn't write in the notes when because when i go through the the cast or whatever when i saw out the name alan arkin and didn't look at the picture i almost wrote you know him from mash i get the same problem with brie Larkin. And Brie Olsen. I can't remember which one is the actress and which one is the actress. <laughs> That's serious. That's not a joke. I legit don't know. Eliza shows up. Spencer wants to get out of there outside the prison. We get a flashback of Eliza throwing all of his shit off the balcony, screaming that she loves him. Boston, am I right? Got some uh got some bad news for you guys. She is acting her ass off. She is, though. You're right, Maze. She kills him in this movie. I liked it. I'm in. When she walked up to the prison to find out where he was she's dressed very nice but uh she has a skirt with a zipper on the side and the zipper is very brass and very kind of out and exposed yeah and i wrote i don't like exposed zippers okay like i like the zipper to be behind like a flap or a like a flap yeah right for it to be the same kind of colorway as the fabric like when it's brass it's like that and just yeah, out there really, yeah. i think it's just a little much okay do you think it's trashy or does it depend very look at me, Larry. Yeah, no, I don't. I won't say trash. I just don't like it. She didn't see him get in the car. Was trying to see him in prison. She drives aggressively. Now we're in all caps, Southie. This story already makes no sense. Like none of it makes sense. What do you mean? He, he beat up a cop. He goes to jail. I get that. He's in jail. When he's getting out of jail, they tell him, "Yo, get out of Boston." What does that have to do with beating up a cop? Like, why does the Aryan Nation care about who the hell he beats up? But so far, so good. Gets out of jail. He's been in jail for five years. He's actively trying to avoid his girlfriend. Like, again, how does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Like, right. I, I've been in quarantine for like 10 days and I'm already going that. I like, mean, he <laughs> says he's not trying to see her yet. I don't know. Yeah, like, well, how many other things would be priorities? Clearly, they have an aggressive relationship. 
It's established from the the flashback. She's fucking nuts. Yeah, she is crazy. Oh, you know what? Beggars can't be choosers. He's not a beggar. He's fucking Spencer. He's Mark Wahlberg. Why does that mean he's fucking Spencer? That doesn't mean anything at this point in the movie. What are you talking about? (laughs) He's just a cop who went to jail. He's a Mark Wahlberg character. You think he's going to have trouble? I wondered if Southie is as bad as its reputation. So I text Mike Malloy, comedian that we all know. Mike responds, not anymore. It's fucking Silver Lake now. If it's set now, it's written by someone who doesn't know shit. Well, they talk about that. They talk about the gentrification. Do they? Gentrification, yeah, they uh, do mention right. that. It's literally coming up right now. Then why does it matter that he, that they're in Southie? Because that's where he's from. But that's, oh, God, all right. Spencer, Mark Wahlberg. It doesn't matter, though. It's not Charlestown. Like, the town was Charlestown, right? So it's just a different neighborhood. It just doesn't matter. Like, I, it doesn't matter to the- it's like throwing up. The Bronx or Brooklyn. But that means something. People care about the areas of New York. No one cares about the areas of Boston. This is why I'm saying it's a tourism commercial. A cop named Driscoll greets him at the house with Dunkin' Donuts. Spencer says he just wants to learn how to drive a truck and hit the road to Arizona. Driscoll says a lot of cops want to get him. We got a band in Boston. We got Fenway Park. We got Dunkin' Donuts. You actually caught his name. Why just wrote, Bokeem Woodbine! Exclamation point, exclamation point. And then I wrote, Haha, the donuts in the fake shadow box. This is like an old school action movie. Old school action movies. That's how you know, like, the two guys who are going to be, yo, and he does the old. Yeah, like, at some point, they're going to fight. And when he gets there, Henry says, My dad bought this house for $700, and now it's worth $1,500,000 a floor. And then he talks about the gentrification of the neighborhood. Now, Everything sucks now. But right. unfortunately, Zach missed that part. I just didn't pay attention. I don't know. They're, them talking's not all that interesting. I just wanted the action. Spencer apologizes to the dog for being gone for five years. Alan Arkin says, in her mind, 35 years. I thought that was funny. Since they'll chase bunny rabbits in Arizona in the desert, and Arkin says they don't have them there. Do they have they them there? Have I mean? Jackrabbits, yeah. Spencer is planning on literally driving into the sunset. He hears music bumping in the bathroom as he's trying to relax. He opens the door and Hawk is there getting ready. Who has a system in their bathroom? Hawk. Like it was booming like I have a JBL high speakers. It doesn't sound like that. I bet you. That it sounds does not sound nice. like that. That's good. It's, it's, it's all he wants to pick. No, I'm sorry. Like, JBL4. And then I said, he's brushing his teeth. He's clearly very comfortable. Is this a halfway house? Oh, kind of did seem like a halfway house. Henry runs a boxing gym, and so... MMA. He also seems to have a fondness for ex-cons. Is Hawk an ex-con? Yes. Yo, yeah. Yo, yeah. You missed that? Oh, oh guess who missed some dialogue, I mean? Yeah, he only committed murder. Ever heard of that crime? Spencer and Henry aren't related, right? It's just his old fighting teacher. I mean, have you heard of murder? Because that's about a crime. to commit one. I'm about to commit one. <laughs> Spencer's complaining he doesn't have his own room. Henry introduced him to Hawks as their roommates, lays down some rules and says, if There's going to be any drinking. I instigate it. Hawk is a real loud cereal chewer. Soup chewer. The dog loves Hawk, and Spencer's piss says, Give me my dog. And now we get the captain from the first scene driving on the bridge, talking to his daughter about helping her with the paper. He gets another call. He's got to be at a parking lot instead, so he can't come home right away. He pulls up to the lot. He gets T-boned, and that car gets fucked up. Now someone's got a machete. He gets pulled out of the car while his daughter's still on the phone. He's screaming, I didn't give them anything, and they slice his ass with a machete. They had multiple machetes. Shouldn't you just have one machete, man? Why do you need multiple machetes? This is like the guy in Double Impact who didn't get a gun, except everyone (laughs) didn't get a gun. Right. (laughs) What the hell is going on in this movie? 
Yeah. Nothing made sense. Right. A woman is now walking home. She sees her SUV all fucked up in a parking spot across the street. She's asking Terrence what happened to her car. She opens the door, and Terrence has a pretty good-sized head wound from a gunshot and is dead as fuck. She starts freaking out. Does it qualify as freaking out, or is that an acceptable reaction? He was supposed to freak out, yeah. While she was on the bus, the guy on the radio was talking about what the weather was going to be like or something, and he says, oh, enjoy yourself a luscious lemonade. I'm like, who describes lemonade as luscious? Yeah, luscious, luscious? is not a lemonade. You could have a luscious carpet. No. Yeah. Carpet? Yeah, luscious carpet. <laughs> Your first example? <laughs> <laughs> well, they gave him fucking lemonade. Which you got hardwood floors, don't you? You don't know nothing about luscious carpets. It's here, man. It's weird. It's a weird apartment. Our Henry's trying to explain oat milk dispenser, and they find out the captain was murdered in an execution-style killing. Cops show up at Spencer's door. They ask where he was. It's Driscoll. We found out Spencer's on top of the suspect list. Henry says that he was with him last night. He tucked him in. He was there all night. Driscoll says, all right, an alibi is a beautiful thing, but the other cop is not sold. He says that Boylan was a good cop. And Spencer says, tell that to Mrs. Boylan. The other cop. Yeah. This is the funny part about this movie is because in the opening scene, I didn't notice that Mrs. Boylan was all fucked up. I just thought she was just some woman running out the bag saying, get the fuck out the house. When, I thought you just had a birthmark that looked like a beating? No, no. I didn't even see, I didn't even see anything wrong with her face. I just saw I her yelling, I get the fuck out of the house. I, I thought she was just kind of upset or whatever. So when he says, why don't you go ask Mrs. Boylan? I thought he was just being a real wise ass. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> wow. Uh, the other cop starts bragging, man. Starts throwing his resume there. Says, I graduated the academy two years after you. And now I'm wearing a suit and a gold shield. I'm living your dream, you piece of shit. So the main cast of this movie is pretty star-studded, but then it seems like they filled out every other part with just fat, bald Bostonians. Yeah. This is the first of many here. Tracksuit Charlie, I mistook him for like seven other characters in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, same. This is a real case of bad cop, black cop, I mean. So it can't be a good cop, right? So it's like good cop, bad cop, but in this case, because he's black, he can't be good. He's going to be black cop, bad cop. Gotcha. This is the reaction I was waiting for. <laughs> On his way out, Driscoll says, say hi to that cactus for me. Say hi to your mother for me. Also, this is a clue that he set him up with Squeeb. Oh, because of the cactus. Oh, Oh, yeah. Because he knows about the cactus. And that's why the Aryan Nation is jumping him in prison, I mean. I thought everybody knew he was moving to Arizona because he won't shut the fuck up about it. That's who shows up to the truck driving school and loves this truck that's called Black Betty or some shit. I don't know. And a woman stops him from checking it out, yells at him to get inside. Amin, do you think you could live the life of a truck driver if you learn how to expertly drive a, a semi-truck? I think the learning how to drive part would be the hard part. But yeah, I think I could, I could be a truck driver. The lifestyle isn't hard enough. I'm good on long drives. Like I could drive 18 hours in a day easily. I know there are restrictions and everything, but like I, I can do that in a car, no problem. All right, maybe I take it back. I don't think I can do the lifestyle. I thought you meant just being on the road and not like yeah, I, like, you're on the I'm road. Like, I did that already. Long drives and everything. Keep yourself occupied. CV radio talk in the class. Spencer starts making notes to himself. Who killed Boylan? Why is Mark Wahlberg left-handed? Yes, he is. Oh, yes, okay. He is, yeah, same. I write left-handed. Th- writing this, left-handed is this sucks. No one, no one it. talks about this, but writing left-handed is terrible. It means you're smarter. Because you're more likely to smear, right? Yeah, it smears constantly, man. Are you left-handed? Are you not listening to anything I say on this podcast? I literally <laughs> just said I'm left-handed. Oh, shit. But you don't left-handed. Oh, I throw right-handed. I shoot right-handed. So it's an R.J. Barrett 
Ben Simmons situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm actually pretty good shooting with my left hand too. I don't have the same range, but like from like 16 feet, I can hit a left-handed jumper pretty easily. Have you ever unveiled that in-game? I've never had to. I'm always open. You're taking a shot and like, oh, the guy's all over me. Better switch hands and like like those crazy Japanese yeah, anime of sport. Like, oh, he's <laughs> moving his hand to the other hand. Oh, and no, like, <laughs> like I've thrown up like left-handed floaters and stuff before, but not the, not a not an actual jumper in a game. Now we're at a gym. Hawk is training for an MMA fight, and Spencer shows up. His sparring turns into a real fight when the guy says he punches like a bitch. Gets kicked out of the octagon. Henry wants Spencer to teach him how to throw a punch. Hawk is terrible at punching. Spencer can't believe it. He tells him to turn his hips. Says you don't need muscles to knock somebody out. Winston Duke really let himself go after Black Panther. Because he was ripped in Black Panther. And I'm looking at this like, you're supposed to be an MMA fighter? You got all this flab? I'm not going to train him, Henry. I'm not going to train him. I'm not going to train him, Henry. You're not going to see me training him. I'm not going to train him. Cut to Mark Wahlberg training Hawk. Eliza shows up and the gym stops. She is unhinged. I waited all this time. I got to come find you here. Can we talk over there for a second? Just come talk with me for a second, please. No, I'm going to talk. You are going to Don't listen. keep backing me up, okay? I don't, you don't like, like walking it? back. You don't like the way this feels? Listen, cut the shit. You know what I think? You know what I think? I think what? you like it in there so much you come here. A bunch of grown men slapping and tickling each other like fucking gorillas. I'm in here working, okay? I'm trying to better my life. That's it. Can you stop coming to see me? What's the problem? I thought you moved on. You were in prison! What was I supposed to do? Wait? Yeah? With no ring? Going up there every week so we could have riveting conversations like how much I miss your no, cock? I don't know. I just figured you moved on. What you're calling move on is me just living. I am a very successful... Keep turning your hips, bro. Me. I'm talking to you. I'm a very successful small business owner. People line up around the fucking block to work with me. I got poodles coming out of my ass. Everybody Excuse wants me, to work. Davis. Spence is working. Maybe you can talk to him later. What are you, his bodyguard now, Henry? It's okay, Henry. Look, look at, look at me. Listen, okay? I'm sorry. Right? I am. I mean it. You are incapable of real intimacy. And I came here to tell you, I never want to see you again. She's also wearing the exact same thing she wore to the prison the other day. Yeah. And also, he's wearing the same suit that he wore coming out of prison the other day. He, wear, he wears the hell out of that suit in this movie. Why is he wearing a suit to the gym? Even know. if it's just to see Henry. Like, he yeah. wore a suit. He wore a suit to truck driving class. He did. He did. You're a truck driver. This is, this. Well, well, he has been in prison for five years. Maybe, maybe his stuff's gone. She threw it all on the street. I feel like a t-shirt and jeans are kind of like, that's available. Back at home, Hawk is doing an energy crystal thing with the dog as Spencer watches, and now we get a news report. Spencer did not like that. <laughs> no, Spencer did not like that. <laughs> now we get a news report that shows Terrence Graham, the murdered guy from the other scene, says a gunshot wound was self-inflicted. Spencer doesn't believe it. Doesn't believe he took his own life. Don't do it, Spence. Let it go. Walk away. Graham and Boylan worked in narcotics together. They're saying he killed Boylan, and it's a murder-suicide. Did he know Terrence Graham? Yes. Where Another. did he know him from? Because that was something I was trying to figure Academy. out throughout the movie. Okay, because he seemed to be very protective of this dude, like some random dude. He's like, I remember him. He wouldn't do that. The news shows Terrence's wife freaking out at the cops, and Henry says for Spencer not to do no, it. No, no, she's not freaking out. She's not freaking oh, out. Oh, she's reacting. Re- reacting appropriately. Yeah. Spencer then stalks the wife, tracks her down. Said he wants to help her find the truth. Terrence didn't like Boylan. Terrence's airbags also apparently didn't deploy on ramming the car, so they must have been disabled. 
She says they found drugs in her home that they were planted. Now we go to a cop bar. Sweet Caroline is playing as they watch a Sox game. Spencer wants to talk to Terrence's old partner. This guy's Boston accent is horrendous. Maze, can you look up if this guy's from Boston? Because it was, man, it sounded terrible. Because he's another fat, bald, white right, dude. Another, right, exactly. I'm a dozen in this movie. Spencer wants to know if Terrence was at that bar the night before Boylan got killed. He suspected that Boylan was a dirty cop. And now four cops meet them in the bathroom to step in. One of the guys says that he's a sergeant now. And Wahlberg says... For you to be a sergeant, all your superiors must be dead. Was it a clerical error? Or did they get a tax break for hiring a mentally stunted dickhead like yourself? It's a good shit talker. I would have liked the shit talk to end right at all your superiors must be dead. Because it just made me think of like Boylan being dead. I was like, oh, that's a really badass thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> like, the body's not even cold yet. And he just gets shit on him. Like, I was really impressed at that point. But then when he went to the tax refund part, I was like, oh, he's you're just yeah. talking generically. Terrence's partner, Scotty, is played by Alfred Briere from Lowell, Massachusetts. Well, he's got a shitty accent then. So he beats the shit out of two cops, and the other two cops get him, and then they all beat the shit out of Spencer. Come on already, will ya? <laughs> they, throw, they throw him out of the bar, and they say, hey, asshole, get the fuck out of Massachusetts. Keep trying to deport his ass, man. A little, a little, there a little it is again. Here. Like, they want him to get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, they don't want to just kill him. They just want him to leave on his own. I spelled sergeant wrong the first time I wrote it on in these notes, but I nailed Massachusetts. Was, so, did you spell sergeant, S-A-R-G-E-N-T? Yeah, I did. I sure did. And so I want to know what's a word you guys always struggle spelling and then, and then another word you inexplicably nailed the first time each time because I always throw an extra R in harassment. I get that wrong, but I can spell pterodactyl perfectly every time. I'm glad that you you say it harassment, not harassment, because that always makes me like gag and kind of shudder. Harassment, like no, it's harassment. You harass someone, you don't harass someone. I struggle with privilege all the time. Uh, I still, I don't. I'm still not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Because I'm white. So how do you spell privilege? You throw an extra E in there? I don't know. It's E L E I L E E. I don't. P R I V I L E G E? Yeah. Privilege? Privilege. That's just how you spell it? Every time is always like the first time. I'm a pretty good speller, but I had a lot of trouble with the word Spencer. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Now Spencer walks to a convenience store, buys something to use the bathroom, and then just breaks in the office to get the footage. He wants the tapes or the hard drive, and the clerk says it's in the cloud, and he doesn't know what the cloud is, guys. He's old. He's been in prison. He's been. Because he's been in prison. But they make it seem like he's in prison for 15 years. They got all these new things. Oat milk, the cloud. What the fuck is going on? They had the cloud in 2015, guys. I gotta tell you. They had oat milk in 2015. They did. They sure did. It's like fucking Jared Leto coming back from his 12-day meditation. bitch. (laughs) (laughs) They're reviewing the video. Hawk's helping him with the computers. They're watching the footage from Terrence walking out of the bar. There's a Corvette 06 pulling up. Now Hawk is a computer whiz? That's racist. Like, I, no, I mean, just, just out of nowhere, they're just going to sit down and like, yeah, this dude, who apparently, according to you guys, is an ex-con. Yeah, I just remembered that he was an ex-con. That's an oversight, because he probably was in jail longer than Spencer if he was in there for murder. They should have just gotten a little kid to do it. I think he said he served four years, right? Oh, so we had one whole year of extra experience than Spencer. Well, you know, yeah. that one year, can, you can learn a lot. <laughs> Windows came out that year. <laughs> Missed the perfect opportunity for him, for Spencer to demand Hawk to 
and hands after they zoomed in. Oh, they yeah. zoomed in on the license plate, but it was too blurry. And he's like, ah, oh, it's too blurry. I was like, go ahead and say it. Say it. Say yeah. it. Say in hands. Say in hands. And then they didn't say it. Spencer now goes to the lot where Boylan was killed. He's confusingly going through the scene and just looks like he's doing long division in his head the whole time. He's got a real confused look on his face. He goes back to a gym and he's talking to Driscoll. He's asking questions about Graham. He's telling him about the airbags not deploying and driving home oh, to kill wait. himself. But he did find something on the ground at the bus depot. We don't see what it is, but we, he finds something. And then he goes right to Driscoll. And then they cut to a, where he, what he's looking at, and there's a bullet casing on the ground at the boiling crime scene. Driscoll says he hasn't been there and says to let it go. He found the toothpick, and Driscoll always got a toothpick. Oh, I thought I saw a bullet. There might have been bullets there, but what he picks up is a toothpick. They wouldn't leave shell casings at the crimes in Zach. It was a machete kill. Boylan shot his gun. Oh, right. In the car. Now we get a montage of truck driving school, training Hawk with defense, and moving. And he's making notes of the investigation. He's a good truck driver. And then I find out that I've been spelling Driscoll wrong this whole time because he wrote Driscoll on the notepad. No, never wrote Driscoll one time because I just kept calling him Bokeem Woodbine. Hawk and Spencer are now eating a healthy lunch together. We find out Hawk served four years for manslaughter down for murder one and said he wants to be the LeBron James of MMA and use his talents for good. I don't remember any of this. Like his dead <laughs> dad would have wanted. His dad was a good hero in New Orleans, refusing to look the other way when bad things happen, but he won't get into how his dad died. He just couldn't mind his own business. He's basically Spencer. Eliza's there. She walked in on Spencer in the men's room. She's trying to get him to fuck her. Then they start fucking on the sink. She breaks the mirror. The restaurant can hear her. And I write, this soundtrack is douchey and yet working really well for this movie. She yells at one point, go socks. Yeah. Unless you ask, I mean, how do you know? Maybe you misheard it. I had the captions on. Go socks. <laughs> Don't you dare fucking come before me. Sissy always finishes first. I didn't know if she was calling him a sissy or because I realized I don't know what her name is. Yeah, I had her name as Pearl in this, not knowing that the dog's name is Pearl. (laughs) I know that Pearl's doing something. I've had to change it to Eliza in my head as we talk. That was the joke is that he said his girl was at home, but he's talking about his dog. She says the window after sex is her favorite part of the day and tells him about when she was pregnant. He was a stand-up guy and said he, he would do the right thing for her. Now, guys, as they're walking out of the restaurant, what a coincidence. The Corvette from the video is driving around town and it passes by. Spencer and Hawk see it and spencer starts running after it and he's booking it he's going all ferris bueller's day off he's jumping over fences he's going through yards he falls over a fence and there's a dog chained up but oh my god i mean the dog breaks free of his chains and starts attacking the shit out of spencer his leg would be so fucked up if this german shepherd attacked him like this it wasn't a german shepherd though it was a mutt was it? it was a mangy oh. mangy mutt literally mark Wahlberg talking to animals hey dog how's it going <laughs> I like your fur. That looks really great. So you're a dog, right? What's that all about? Okay. Well, it was great to meet you. Say hi to your mother for me, okay? Fun fact. Every time someone gets attacked by a dog, like in the movies, wholeheartedly like, yo, that looks terrible. I would hate for that to happen. Like to me, you know, that's why I don't really mess with dogs like that. I also do myself, you never try to just give the dog one swift kick. As it's leaping up, just kick the shit out of it, man. <laughs> and he's just kind of like, oh, oh, like struggling and stuff. Like, kick that motherfucker. Like, hit him. <laughs> he escapes off a jungle gym before uh, seeing the car again. And then the dog opens the gate, attacks him again. The owner comes out, calls the dog off. Dog's name is Lego. Lego, his Lego. <laughs>
get it? Like the commercials? Spencer shows up to his gym again. Hawk is watching a fight. Spencer is mad that he didn't have his back out there. He's uh, guilt tripping him over Terrence's kid growing up with his dad's name not cleared. Hawk says, shame on you. And then reads off the license plate. That kid's going to grow up without a dad. I'm like, why did he give a fuck? Hawk. (laughs) I don't know that dude. This Spencer logic shit is too funny, man. (laughs) How is that a compelling argument for me to risk my life? You want that kid to grow up without a father? In the words of Rico from Paid in Full, like, niggas grow up with fathers without fathers every day, man. Like, that's just a reality. (laughs) That's not my responsibility. When he reads off the license plate, uh, Spencer's like, oh, you got the license plate. Well, why, why didn't you let me know until, you know, have me go through all that? And Hawk responds, yeah, well, you're a dog lover. And I wrote, that would have hit a lot more perfectly if he hadn't been all loved up with the dog, too. Like, if it was right. me or Waz yeah. delivering that line, right. it would have exactly. been perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Sad part is you're a dog lover, too, Hawk, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> now we're at the DMV. He knows the guy at the counter. He kind of embarrasses another, him to get him to look up the license plate number. Yeah, another that bald like guy. We find out who the Corvette is registered to. The owner of it is now at a nail salon getting a massage. He's an Irish mob throwback guy, to which Wahlberg says, back when the Irish mob existed outside of those shitty movies, to which I wrote, oh, the irony. Another fat, bald, white Boston dude. Yep. Tracks with Charlie. I did love how he narrated when he texts, you can just fuck off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice touch. Uh, Spencer's talking about a girl that was against gentrifying Southie. Gloria is a woman that tracksuit Charlie killed. He also hung a cat outside of her door. He didn't hang the cat. He He nailed it. He nailed nailed it it to the door, which I just thought was overkill. So just regular killed it? And this is the case that led to him going to Boylan in the first place in the beginning of the movie. This was the case that Boylan was squashing and led to the incident. And this is where also we meet Mark Marin who's a reporter who had a leaked videotape and all this kind of is the seed of the movie. So it, now it's personal for, for Spencer. Cause of course he knew the protester as well. <laughs> like, Cause he right, knows yeah. everybody who gets he killed just, in this movie. He knows everybody. So once he tells the whole story and everything, and that's how we got to where he beat the shit out of boiling. Also, we get an extended flashback and we learned that Driscoll kind of set him up. Yeah. Said that he was going to have his back, but did not. And that's By when the we way, get the exchange of Hawk saying, that fucker over there killed a cat. And Henry says, so the cat is what you're taking from all this. I wasn't paying attention to that part. Um, <laughs> How are you going to give me shit for missing a chunk of a plot oh, point man. of the movie? And you've missed so many plot points in the movie. Oh, I fell asleep in the middle of the movies. So there was a part where I had to rewind and rewatch some stuff. <laughs> right now on my TV, Murder on the Orient Express is on. And I'm telling you right now, I am so excited for this train trip to happen. Want to be like in a train and you're like, you know, we're not going to solve a murder on this unless it's no. one of our own. I don't want to. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> like a 50% chance one of us doesn't make it to New Orleans. You know that, right? There's like a 95% chance that one of us does not make it. A lot of people think I'm leaving in Phoenix. A lot of people meaning you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> people on the streets been telling me Zach Harper's getting off the train in Phoenix. Hawk is in. He walks up to the car, punctures tires, then carves a cat into the door. Jumpsuit guy finds it and is pissed. They're surveilling him now, and he's being surveilled by other people as well. He brings a bag into a building, and then the sergeant who kicked the shit out of Spencer in the bathroom walks out with it. Spencer walks up to the other surveillors. It's the FBI. 
I'm just a concerned citizen now. She says, let me know if you learn anything germane to my investigation. Feds don't talk like that. See you later, all right? Say hello to your mother for me, okay? <laughs> the, pro- the worst part is I don't know if Maze is just riffing or is that an actual lie? Her partner is way too excited to know that Spencer is there and connect the dots. Spencer's explaining to Hawk how odd it is that the FBI is there. Spencer goes to visit Post Malone in prison. Legendary Dirty Mac. You recognize her? Hey, was that my wife? It ain't mine. Hey, what the fuck? How long has it been? Huh? How long you been in here? How long has it been since she's had some real attention? You see that handsome gentleman there? You met her in a supermarket. He asked her if she wanted to have a drink. She said yes. Look how she's dressed. No, look how she's dressed up. Three in the afternoon, she's dressed up like that. Wow. And you know what she had to do? She had to get a babysitter. That's a weird time to get a babysitter, huh? What all the Aryan brothers going to say about that? This scene did not make any it sense makes whatsoever. Zero sense. What do you this mean? This scene is so terrible. Why not? How did? Okay, okay. Let's let me let me count the ways. One. How did they find her and identify her? He knows everyone. So is she in on it? Because I thought like, no. Was she just there and Hawk yeah, showed I, up and started macking on her, or did they set up? He met her at the grocery store. He calls him off, and then he just gets up and walks away from the table, and she just sits there. Yeah. I, just, I didn't. I didn't understand any of that. I don't know. I loved it. We've got Henry mishandling the FaceTime because he's an eighty-five-year-old man. We've got a dirty Mac. It's the extra layers that Hawk is black and Squeeb is Aryan Nation. So, of course, he can't stand for this shit. Come on. He has both checked out. This Squeeb. is the part where yeah, I Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Squeeb says, I'll give you one word. Wonderland. It's a dog track. Squeeb then laughs and said that he imagined Marky Mark's uh, head rolling down a sidewalk and says, you're fucking dead. When I was like eight, my dad lived in Boston for like a year, right? And so I remember going to go visit him. And uh, riding the train and on the train on one of those lines, the last stop is Wonderland. And I thought like, holy shit, they've got like the best fucking amusement park in the world at the end of a train. Like I could take the subway to the amusement ride. Like I just thought that was so amazing, right? Like Wonderland sounds so much better than Coney Island, right? So I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome, whatever. And then someone tells me, oh, no, no, that's not an amusement park. I'm like, well, what is it? It's a dog track. I'm like, dog track? Why do they call it Wonderland? I just couldn't understand. Bodies of Wonderland. That's a song, isn't it? It is. John Mayer. Bodies of Wonderland. (laughs) It is day eight of quarantine. Mark Marin, the Globe reporter. Rafi. Ruffy uh, is explaining the casino is being built at the dog track. Wonderland says it's a corrupt magnet. He won't go public because the Wonderland syndicate has enough money to bury whatever he's got. Cops and dirtbags are building the next big resort for degenerate gamblers. Mark Marin is big time Basil Exposition in this scene. He's just chilling on this boat, unloading information. How the fuck did he get a boat? You're a newspaper reporter. Basil Exposition. Basil Exposition. Basil Exposition is the greatest. Austin, the test results confirm that you've lost your mojo. And it couldn't come at a worse time. We have evidence that Dr. Evil has developed a time machine and has traveled back to the year 1969. 
Luckily, we too have developed a time travel device to transport you back to the 60s. Ah, this is where you input your destination. Wait a tick. Basil, if I travel back to 1969 and I was frozen in 1967, presumably I could go visit my frozen self. But if I'm still frozen in 1967, how could I have been unthawed in the 90s and traveled back to... Oh, no, I've gone cross-eyed. I suggest you don't worry about this sort of thing and just enjoy yourself. That goes for you all. That's the greatest character name ever, and I just got it right now. I'm telling you, Austin Powers came out in 1997. I've watched it a million times. I never picked up on the fact that Bas- Basil Exposition's name is Basil Exposition because his whole purpose. He comes in and tells everybody what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And, and then he looks right in the camera and tells everyone, and you know it, now you know it too. Yes. I mean, what? I, today, March 21st, 2020, what? is the day I realized his name is Basil Exposition because all he exists for is the, for exposition. The Patois version of that is I was today years old when I learned what Basil Exposition means. Yes. I just never put two and two together. But they keep emphasizing there's Trinitarios, FBI, Dirty Cops, Los Oscuros, The Dark. Goes all the way to the top, the big politicians. Spencer says he'll get him evidence to uncover it all. Two guys walk up on Spencer at the dog track as he's there and says Two he can't very be there. Dominican gentlemen. Very, very Dominican. Dominican. Ooh, extra yeah. Dominican. The haircuts, the, yeah. the facial hair, like uh, stylings, everything about it. It's like, wow, you, you guys are straight out of central casting. He messes with them a bit, shows a picture of his dog, and then walks away. Have a good one, guys. Say hello to your mother for me, okay? <laughs> you, didn't, you missed the part. You, did, you didn't mention the part where they say, they tell him, like, this place is closed. Like, oh, I wanted to bet on the dogs. Like, no, no dogs here. No, there are no dogs in Massachusetts for, like, 20 years. And he comes with, like, the absolute dad joke of all dad jokes. Oh, that's not true. See? I have a dog. And at that point, real mobsters would have beat the shit out of him. They would have. saying that, don't you? <laughs> There's no way they would have just like, come on, guy, just leave. Yeah, I, I was really hoping for a fight there. I thought they were going to beat his ass like, yeah. at that moment. Because he, he's clearly being a wise ass. We get a jumping montage of Terrence's funeral and Boylan's funeral. They're very different. One's in a church. The other's getting the proper cop burial. At the funeral for Boylan, the dirty sergeant and Driscoll are talking. Catman Bell. Group of mice. They're very happily in a barn until one day a feral cat starts eating the mice. So they all gather together one night to figure out what to do about this feral cat. One of the younger mice speaks up. Why don't we place a bell around his neck so that every time he's coming, we can hear him? One of the older mice says, that is an excellent idea. But whom shall we get to place the bell around the cat's neck? Sometimes you got to just kill the cat. What the fuck did I have to do with anything? I love this. What are you... What are, oh, you guys suck. Bokeem Woodbine crushed this. I didn't say shit about it, Maze. You didn't even know what it was called. It's called the Cat and the Bell. We're talking about killing cats again, just murdering the pussy. You haven't crushed more than three pussies since you broke off with Jody. Dad, what is this obsession with pussy crushing counting? I really... I just... I'm not comfortable with that term. Sorry. Snatch. Whatever. Honestly, I didn't think it was that good. Tell us the story of the mice saying we got. You still protested. You still protested. Like you didn't say anything. And then you just wait till I'm done. And then you trash it. Well, because you jumped the gun. But yeah, I didn't think it was that good. Like killing a cat is easier than putting a bell around his neck. 
That's why I didn't get it. It was like, is he saying that you got to do that? Like someone's got to right. do the dirty But then work? you got blood on your hands or something. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Spencer is the cat. Come on, guys. Well, no, I know that. I picked up on that. I cracked that code. Maybe if this guy had written more than two video games, he would have figured this out. <laughs> uh, Spencer goes to a taqueria, hawks in the car, listen to music on headphones. As Spencer is ordering a is shitload he, of food. Is, is he autistic, by the way? It's a great question. Like I've, always, I've always wanted that about Mark Wahlberg. Oh, I, I'm a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> there are, are a lot of Dominicans in for in a Mexican restaurant for this. Yeah, thing. a lot of yeah. I wonder that felt a little racist to me. I, like to me, it's like I don't think you guys understand. That's the only way I can surmise that someone would think that it's not suspicious at all that a bunch of Dominican dudes all start showing up into this Mexican restaurant. Why does he order every Mexican food he can think of? Well, to be fair, he's been been in there for five years. He actually came in to get food. I thought he came in because he was like trying to get information. Like, oh, he's trying to get food, man. Let me get a burrito and let me get enchilada. Four burritos. Four Four burritos. burritos. Yeah, enchilada. Quesadilla. Oh, let me get a quesadilla. Let me get a. I'm like, why are you ordering all this stuff? I thought he was gonna turn around to the Dominican dudes like, I ordered for you guys. Oh right. Oh, that would have been good. No, he just really wanted to order all that food. Also, something that didn't make sense to me is when he orders the quesadilla, the guy says, sure, but you have to wait for the tortillas. But he didn't have to yeah. wait for tortillas when he ordered the burritos? How does that make I guess sense? guess not. Maybe that was the last of the tortillas. It was going to the four yeah. burritos. These Dominicans walk in. They surround them. They all have machetes. Again. Uh, just so many machetes, man. Nobody brought a gun. They're fighting through the kitchen. He's fighting these guys. They get Spencer on the ground. They're surrounding him as they're about to get him. Hawk backs through the window of the taqueria, takes the bad guys out. Spencer says, you're in big trouble. Hawk says, for what? He says, you smashed through the window of a restaurant. That should have been a, such a better exchange. Well, wasn't he mad about the car? Oh, oh so maybe Henry was like, really mad? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then Hawk says, you get beat up a lot. Every time you get your face pushed in, you come back with a little bit more information. They grab Henry and the dog and go to Eliza's place. She's got so many fucking dogs. I like this exchange where she says, you're out here playing Batman. And he says, we're not playing Batman. She says, it's Batman behavior. And you've got Big Boy here all robined up. And he goes, I'm not Robin. And she says, and Alfred over here. And she talks, talking about Henry. I thought that was a funny exchange. She's good in this movie. Batman business all the way. She also says, I hope you brought towels. This isn't a Motel 6. And also, Hawk and Robin, both bird names. Oh, how about that? That's clever. I uh, wrote this as a bird brain. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you get coronavirus. <laughs> I think I have it. Terrence's wife comes home. The place is ransacked. She calls Spencer. He's there to check it out with Hawk. Kid asks Hawk if he's a giant and if he's a good giant or a bad one. Gets Hawk to fix his bed, flip it back over. Wife says that they were looking for a wire that uh, Terrence had mailed to her the day he died. She gives it to Spencer. On the wire, Boylan explains to Terrence the chain of command on how they get into Wonderland. He names Driscoll. He names all these places. He names the Pony Express, which is a drug mulling by the street gang and the jumpsuit dude. It's fucking fentanyl and oxy, which is just like one of the worst (laughs) combos of drugs. Yeah. But Boylan was a snitch. That's the important part. Yeah, Boylan was a snitch, and Driscoll and Sargent were the ones who killed Boylan and Terrence. Sargent doesn't have a name. He's just Sargent. Macklin. Oh, it's Macklin? Yeah. How about that? That's a good cop name. Spencer shows up at Driscoll's place with Hawk, says he knows about Wonderland, and he knows he's in deep, says he has too much proof to put him away. Spencer, what are you lost? He points at him and Driscoll slaps his hand away. Uh, Spencer says to cut a deal with the f- feds and Driscoll says, get the fuck out of here. Come on. I mean, Dave Chappelle couldn't do this. 
Dave Chappelle could absolutely do this. I don't know. This is a scene where he looked the most like Dave Chappelle, by the way. Spencer then goes to the feds, and she says that she can't clear Terrence's name and says to walk away, and then the other guy threatens him. Just walk away, Spencer. The other fed was spaz, right? Yeah. Is that for comedic purposes? I think it was supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be funny because he... Here's one more scene, and he's not funny in that one either. Spoiler alert. Now Spencer shows up to the nail salon to talk to the jumpsuit guy. He's dunking him in the foot bath to get information. Was Hawk sitting at the foot bath, by the way? That's what I could not figure guy. out. I think it was just a random person. A random black guy getting his feet done, huh? He <laughs> gives him the info of the van driving the drugs. And then from an overpass, Hawk throws something <laughs> oh, through the windshield God. and times that motherfucker perfectly. Like, perfectly. that is a throw. One and shot. by the way, not only that, but the driver and the passenger in the van both flinch like they knew it was coming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It drives them off the road. Then they beat the shit out of the drivers, except there's one more guy in the back they didn't see. He gets away and says they're dead. He doesn't get away. Hold on. They get in the car. They turn. They hear something. They turn around like, oh, there's a dude right there. And they're like, you're supposed to get him. Like, I didn't know they do the whole like, I didn't know I was supposed to get him, whatever. Spencer gets out the car to go beat this dude's ass, and the dude kind of slowly gets away. Like, he's well, kind of he, stumbling. He punched, at, he punched Spencer. Did no one think, hey, we should go? Like, they just kind of let him go? Yeah, they gave why, up. Why they let him go? Maybe they didn't want to leave the van. I don't know. While the guy's running away, he says, you is dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was dead. Use, use dead. Use dead. And I was like, oh, because we're in Boston. They take the van to Mark Marin, the reporter. It's full of drugs. Spencer says it's half the drugs in New England. And the reporter says he doesn't know if it's enough evidence to do this. Spencer's pissed off. The first line is funny. And then every other line is like, that's not really that funny. Like, the first line is like, I could have these guys here with a picture with them, with a certificate on this. this and you'd still question it. And he just starts naming other scenarios where it wouldn't be good enough. And I'm like, none of these are funny. They take the van to Eliza's house. One of the dogs is barking like crazy because he was a narcotics dog. I guess that was kind of funny. It seemed unnecessary. Well, it? Uh, it was unnecessary because it's not like she made them leave. Right, no, because then they go in the house and he- they find out Henry's gone. She let him go. Now he's FaceTiming Spencer, but, but he know doesn't know that. how to FaceTime. Yeah. They know something's up. It's Driscoll with Henry's phone. Driscoll says they should talk before he has to kill Henry, that they're at Wonderland one hour, says to bring the drugs. And I've always wanted to be on the phone with someone, say the name of a place, and then say one hour. I've always, you know, if I write a movie – which might happen in this quarantine. I have a scene where so, that ultimatum is made, and the person who's receiving the ultimatum protests vociferously. Are you kidding me? You know what traffic is like at this time? There's no way I can make it an hour. I'm coming all the way from the west side, man. Come on. Well, like, then, I, it, I mean, then they take their sweet-ass time. They did. Yeah, they sit down, sit down, they draw out a plan. The drawing of the dog track alone had to have been five, ten minutes. And it was pretty skill and accurate. Left-handed. Yeah, it's not smudged. I don't think he drew it. They're planning how to get into Wonderland and uh, get Henry out of the way. Hawk grabs the shotgun, and Spencer says he doesn't get the cool gun. Then Hawk says, Hawk is the name of a man who handles a shotgun. Spencer does your taxes. Spencer says, okay, that was good. I that couldn't tell if that, was, if that was Mark Wahlberg just going over the table read there. I liked it. That was, was one of the lines I actually liked. Car drives into the meeting. It's Eliza in a hoodie. Guy with a machete walks up to her and she says, get that fucking sword out of my face. Well, what do you work at a Brazilian steakhouse? Uh, that was, I thought that was, they could have got a, a better, what do you think you're doing? What? Like, yeah. uh, like I did like Brazilian the steakhouse sword though. She takes Henry out of the SUV. She's asking crazy questions saying he's not mentally right. 
Driscoll's pissed, wants to know where Spencer is, and then, guys, the plan comes to fruition. Black Betty, the prize semi-truck, comes plowing through the cars. And we hadn't seen it in quite a while. So here's what they did. They drew a picture. They planned it out. They loaded guns. Then they went to the truck driving school, then went out of town to Wonderland. They plow through the cars. Everybody goes flying. Now we're in the shootout. Spencer is chasing Driscoll through the bar of the dog track. He gets sliced in the stomach by a machete, which does not come back, by the way. I thought he'd get punched in the gut a bunch of times. He'd be really doubled over. No. The same dude that got shanked in prison and right, exactly. kind of kept it moving. Chases him through the kitchen. Four guys walk in to get Spencer, and that's when Hawk shows up, and he fucks them up. Knocks the fuck out of a guy, and Spencer yells, that's how you throw a fucking punch. The last guy is just scared, uh, and he just runs away. Again, they let a lot of people go. Well, they're not killers, I mean. Aren't they? They're trying to bring justice, not vengeance. Spencer tackles Driscoll and has a gun on him. Spencer asks him how he killed Terrence. That tackle is amazing, by the way. He comes flying in from out of nowhere, like 10 feet in the air. Yeah, he he came. He launched himself. Said he's going to prison, but first he's going to teach him a lesson. They're going to fight. Why are they fighting in jackets? I would definitely take that jacket off. Hey, I bet you would. Jacket. Watching Eliza, I definitely would have taken the jacket off. Oh, boy. Driscoll is beating him down. Didn't he just get sliced in the stomach? Driscoll is now kicking the shit out of him, railing against all of his good ideals. He says, there's no justice, Spencer. There's only the strong and the weak. Yeah, this is the part of the movie where I literally just stopped watching. I was, like, it was on, <laughs> but I, I was checking my phone. Well, you didn't, you didn't like, miss much. You can tell him I said hello. Say hello to your mother for me, okay? <laughs> He tries to kick him one more time. Spencer catches his foot, and I think he breaks his ankle. Yeah, we got bone snap as a caption. Now we're getting a cut uh, to him beating Boylan and beating Driscoll, but he stops himself before the, the final punch. Says, you know what, bad guy? I'm going to serve some justice today. I'm going to make a citizen's arrest. The citizen's arrests are not a real thing. That's just something that happens in the movies. Because couldn't you just walk around arresting anybody if you wanted to? Yeah. Like, that's why they don't exist. I'm going to arrest them. Well, no, I can't. I got to keep six feet of distance. When this coronavirus thing is over, I'm going to citizens arrest somebody. Be sure to do it while you say, God damn it. God damn it. Wait a minute. God damn it. Don't you go away. God damn it. Save the bad say guy. To talk to whatever federal prison you go to. Tell the boys I said hello. Say hello to your mother for me, okay? <laughs> the feds show up at Wonderland with all the evidence there, and the bad guys detained. The white fed says, damn, you boys is fucked. I didn't understand that. That guy was awful. We get a breaking news montage of the case's coverage. Graham's name has been cleared. He's getting a proper burial and a scholarship for his kid. Again, that's not how that works. The police department like accuses my husband of dealing drugs and calls him a dirty cop and, and says he shot himself and all that. They find out it wasn't. It was a huge cop conspiracy. I'm sorry. I'm suing the city and the DA's yeah. office. And everyone's yes. like, for my child is not going to get it done. Sorry. Hawk and Spencer in the hospital together. Spencer is now on the beach with his dog. Eliza says the dog doesn't understand a fucking word he's saying. She wants him to buy her a whole fucking lobster. That's when I write, this is a Bill Simmons-ass soundtrack. And then we get all caps on the screen, lobster, lobster. as the location. And I'm and not ashamed to say... I Googled just to make sure there wasn't a place called Lobster. Lobster, Massachusetts. Yes. 
It's Henry, Hawk, Eliza, and Spencer eating lobster and hot dogs. Is there witty banter happening here? It was supposed to be, but no, there wasn't. Also, they're not eating lobster and hot dogs. They're eating lobster. Henry is eating hot dogs. All right, that's true. And then we get news of a fire chief being uh, arrested oh for God. a church fire, and the chief says oh he was my. set up and didn't do it. And Spencer clearly wants to investigate as henry says don't do it don't you do it spencer roll credit the audacity of setting up the sequel like how dare do you well six underground did it too right i feel like that's just the netflix business model there's a sequel for bright that's in the works as well he's back tony medley is back He's back, baby. This is the third TV series to be made out of Robert Parker's Spencer, Private Eye Books. Spencer for Hire was a circa 1985 series starring Robert Urich as Spencer. Of all three, that one was the best cast. Urich, big guy at a bulky 6'2", was a good Spencer, but the best of the lot was Avery Brooks as Hawk, Spencer's tough hoodlum buddy. Oof. Both Urich and Hawk combined. <laughs> he has it, Mr. Urich. Hasn't lost a step. Parker's description of the characters. In fact, Brooks was as much Hawk as Clark Gable was Rhett Butler. The series lasted four seasons and was moderately entertaining. Next came several TV movies with Joe Montagna as Spencer. These failed to come even close to the characters and aren't worth further comment. Now comes this movie with Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg is a certified tough guy, but as Spencer, he suffers the same fate as Tom Cruise playing Jack Reacher, which was enormously insulting to the fans of Lee Child's books. Reacher is 6'5", 240, and for Tiny Tom to play, Reacher ruined the movies. Tiny Tom. Spencer is described as a heavyweight fighter, and he spars with Hawk often. Wahlberg at 5'8", maybe 170 pounds soaking wet, just doesn't come close to Parker's Spencer. To continue the analogy, it would be like casting Jimmy Stewart or Mickey Rooney as Rhett Butler. But far worse is the, but far worse is the casting of Winston Duke as Hawk. Oh boy. Hawk, Hawk is a strong, silent type that makes even the baddest of bad guys cringe when he walks into a room. Duke is a flabby-looking teddy bear. He is Hawk flabby. Is, Hawk is arrogantly confident. Duke seems cringingly unsure of himself. While Wahlberg right. make, well, well, wow, <laughs> this is the upset of fucking show. Wahlberg makes a valiant effort. Duke's casting destroys the movie. Not that it needed him to destroy it, though. It's an exceptionally trying mockery of an action film with every cliche known to the genre. Worse than all this, though, is what they have done to Spencer himself. Parker Spencer, although a true tough guy, is well-read and erudite. Quotes from great literature, popular song lyrics, is a gourmet cook, is arrogantly funny, and appreciates the finer things in life. Wahlberg Spencer is none of these, just a paper mache former cop, ex-con PI with little or no education or sophistication. Parker Spencer has a cultured girlfriend, Susan Silverman, who is a psychologist with a PhD and is nothing if not brilliant and classy. Wahlberg Spencer has a foul-mouthed, violent girlfriend, Sissy Davis, Eliza Schlesinger, a, a woman for whom Parker Spencer would not give the time of day. The only character that comes close to any that Parker has created is... That's such a weird turn. It's Henry... Played perfectly by Alan Arkin, who owns the gym where Spencer and Hawk train. But that's too little, too late. This is directed by Peter Berg, collaborated with Wahlberg, 2016's Outstanding Patriots Day, but took a step back in 2018 with Mile 22. From a script written by Sean O'Keefe and Brian Helgeman, based on the book called Wonderland by Ace Atkins, who took over writing about Spencer after Parker's death. Parker wrote about 40 books about Spencer. I don't know why producers decided to make a film out of a book that Atkins wrote instead of the original creator. Atkins is a pale imitation of Parker. His books don't come close to anything Parker produced. I'm informed by people unfamiliar with Parker's books and characters that they like this movie. But fans of Parker's Spencer beware. The casting stinks, the script stinks, and the story is amalgamation of a formulaic platitudes. Robert Parker would not be happy with what they've done with his characters. 
Three out of ten. He gets very indignant in the weirdest places. Every time. Every time. Spencer would never give her the time of day. Like, why are you offended on behalf of his dating life? Right, let him fuck who wants to fuck. Just for the record, he gave Patriots Day a 10 out of 10, and he gave Mile 22 a 1 out of 10. Wow. Wow. Golden Dumpsters, guys. The nominees, Eliza Schlesinger, Bokeem Woodbine, Post Malone, Mark Marin, and all the fat, bald Bostonians. Can't remember. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? I'm going Eliza Schlesinger. She really did a good job. Yeah, how is it the more we do this podcast, the less I know how it works? <laughs> Maybe we need to quarantine you from this podcast. I'm really I'm really deep in it. I'm too deep in this right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the point of the show is. I don't know what the Golden Dumpster is supposed to be anymore. Like, I'm, I'm really lost. If it's a good thing, I'll go Eliza Schlesinger. Huh. If it's a bad thing, I'll, I'll say that they didn't give the part to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to I really don't want to give it to anybody. I hated this movie so much. There you go. Eliza Schlesinger, unanimous golden dust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give it to the bald fat white Bostonian. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> All of them? All of them. Just the idea that they, they would have like a movie full of these guys, same dude over and over again. Hard to find work. <laughs> so much competition. It's time, guys. Phobe or file, I mean. Oh, this is a super phobe, man. This movie was terrible. Super phobe. Like, this is one of the one of the worst. There's no part of this that was well put together. Why is it that Double Impact, like, had a much more, like, straight and believable plot? Let me put it that way. And then this shit. I mean, you have filed the last six movies that we have watched. Okay. This movie was a legit movie with real actors and a real director you were in a bad mood when you watched it and you fell asleep no i wasn't i was not in a bad mood i was i actually was excited i told you the opening scene made me excited i was like oh here we go yeah here we go and then maybe 15 minutes in i'm like what what are we doing here they didn't make the story apparent it was just meandering for no reason it is cliched just like Tony Medley said it's full of cliches to the point where it's so predictable that I didn't find it confusing in the slightest. Really? The beginning of that movie was was very straightforward to you? Yeah, Mark Wahlberg can't stop himself from doing right and just beating the shit out of people. Why does everyone want him out of town? I'm still trying to figure that out. Yeah, why wouldn't they just kill him? If they're killing all these other cops, why wouldn't they just kill him? Well, but they're just going to tell him to leave town every every opportunity they get. Because it's dirty in Boston, and he's a good guy, and they want him out. But they, they so kill those they people. Kill they kill Terrence. Yeah. So you're saying he should have just gotten shanked to death by Post Malone? Shanked to death sometime in the five years he Shots. was in there. He's tough. By the way, not on his last day. That's the other thing. They literally wait. I know I'm a bad procrastinator, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was in jail for five years, and y'all waited till the last day to do something about it. Maze, did you phobophile this movie? Well, according to your guys' terrible-ass metric, which is if I will watch it again, it's a file. I watched this movie twice because I watched it, and then I looked it up to see what the score was, and I was like, oh, this is pretty close, and it's new. All right, let's do it again. You watched this fucking thing twice? And then I watched it again, and I liked it more the second time. So it's a it's a file for me based on that. <laughs> Wait, hold on. What other, what, other, what else would you base it on? <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. 
That's what I'm saying. Like you're like, oh, it's based on like as if there was another system there. Like it would be a fold for me. No, the way that Zach has backdoored his way into file after file is if it were on again. What you? What? How am I taking straight here? This is between you and Amin. This is between all of us. Wow, Zach, what do you think? So, I do believe in the metric. It's not an not a definite file, but when it's when I watch this again. There are parts of me were like, I like the fighting in this movie. I think the fighting's good. Fighting scenes are good. Was it? Yeah, I think like in terms of like hand-to-hand combat and stuff, like I, I was entertained by the fighting. I thought it was good. I like Eliza Schlesinger in this movie. I think she's excellent. I didn't think Mark Wahlberg was that bad in this movie. He was Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I don't expect much from him. Yeah, the bar the bar's pretty low. But I do have to say, like, the trailer was fucking amazing. The trailer had me pumped up to see this movie. Like, I thought, here we go. We get another six underground. Like, I'm ready. I gotta say, this is a phobe for me. I'm out. I didn't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I, it's it's not a good movie, guys. A lot of those movies, like Wild Wild West, right? Like, whether I really uh, liked it or not, like, it. I would watch it if it's on. Right, I would see I would what, what scene it's if in. If it was on yeah. right now, I'd watch it right now. This movie's Double not gonna impact, just be though. on TV. This movie is Netflix. So, like, that means I have to actively go and start watching this movie from the beginning. If it got syndicated and, like, on USA Network, it's playing now. Are you going to watch two years from now? Are you going to watch it? I might, I might tune in to see it, what part of the movie it is. But on USA, they're going to edit out, like, a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. That's what, uh, that's what syndication yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. They set up for a sequel. If a sequel comes out and we're not doing it for Cineflow, would you watch it? I might. I can't say I wouldn't. Like, I, look, I can't. I, I, I'm not going to lie about this. I'll lie about a lot of yeah. things, but not this. You guys are out of your minds, man. I just like, gave it a bulb. What do you mean I'm out of my mind? Because you sound like you're fighting. You're, you're having a fight. You're really like well, because it, the line. It justi- no, because it justifies some of the criteria with which I file things. But I'm phobing this one because I just didn't think it was very good. What was the weakness? The writing? This is why I made this. Is mostly made mostly the writing and directing and acting. They go back to him punching Boylan like four times. I get it. He beat the shit out of him. It's like when other people get the shit beat out of it. Like, I didn't need that. Let's get through it. All right, Zach. Well, I respectfully disagree. I guess I'll see you next. Cinephobe, say hello to your mother for me, okay? <laughs> next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade.